Hey friends, welcome to the very first podcast. My name is Greg. Thank you for checking out this channel and uh, being some of the very first people to listen. A little bit of info about me before we jump into what we are talking about today. Um, like I said, my name is Greg Barber. I have the honor and opportunity to pastor uh, Corner Church in Uptown. And uh, Corner Church is a church collective where we have the opportunity to also have coffee shops. And so we have three coffee shops in Minneapolis. On Sunday morning at 10 a.m., we have a church gathering where we share about um, our connection with each other. We connect uh, through dialogue to uh, each other in that way. And then we also have opportunity to talk about God and what he's doing in the world around us and how we can be a part of making our communities Better. So I want to invite you to join us uh, Sunday morning, 10 a.m. If you are ever in Minneapolis, um, and if you're not, I'm going to use this as a platform moving forward to where I can share about the things that we talk about at Corner Church on Sunday morning. And so um, we're going to jump in to our message for this week uh, pretty quick here. But I just wanted to give you a little update of who I am, where we're headed, and what this channel is all about. So I want us to get started today by thinking about something. I want you to think about what makes you uncomfortable. Now, this is a difficult question. Uh, at the same time, you could probably make a very long list. My head goes pretty quickly to those video YouTube videos of uh, people climbing on the top of cranes and hanging by one arm. I don't know if you've seen those videos, but they make me very, very uncomfortable. Like I'm just waiting for them to let go and for it to all be over. But maybe there's other things. I know another thing that makes me very uncomfortable is when I'm sitting, working at my computer at a coffee shop, somebody is sitting next to me and I see on their desktop just files and folders just cover, just plastered all over their desktop. It's kind of ridiculous. It makes me uncomfortable. Another thing that makes me uncomfortable is when I look at my wife's phone screen. Now. I have an issue. I'm admitting it here. I can't handle any notifications on my phone screen at all. Like, I have to check them. I, even if I know it's important, not important, even if I know it's an app I'm not going to use, those notifications have to go away. And my wife, for whatever reason, has tens of thousands of notifications all over her phone and it just makes me panicky whenever I look at it. But I want you to take a minute here and I'm going to play you a song and during that song I want you to think about, I want to get your wheels and your brain going a little bit before we jump in any deeper. But the question is, is what makes you feel uncomfortable and why? So the story that we're looking at today can be found in Matthew 8, Mark 5, and Luke 8. And so preceding this story, Jesus is with his disciples and they're traveling on a boat across the Sea of Galilee and they arrive to this other side of the lake. And out of nowhere, this man confronts him. Now, now what we know about this man is that he is crazy and you may have met crazy people before, but I doubt you've met crazy on this level. You see, this man 
could not be subdued. In fact, the people of the community around the area where Jesus had just arrived, where this man lived, they often tried to chain this man down with, with chains. They would lock his wrists and they would lock his ankles and they would chain him so that he could no longer move. But time and time again, he broke the irons that held his feet. It actually says no one was strong enough to subdue him. And this man had issues, you see. Verse 5 in Mark 5 says that night and day among the tombs. So this dude lived in the graveyard. Think of the type of person that would live in a graveyard. But it says among the tombs and in the hills he would cry out and cut himself with stones. So when Jesus arrives on the shore of Lake Galilee and he gets off the boat, out of nowhere comes Crazy Man. Crazy Man runs down from the hills and he drops before Jesus' feet and he screams out, Please do not torture me, Jesus. Do not torture me, Son of the Most High God. And how does Jesus respond in this moment? He asks the man his name. And the man responds, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again not to send him out of the area. So the demons were possessing this man, controlling him, causing him to break the chains, causing him to cut himself, causing him to scream and live among the tombs. And it says in Scripture that, over near where this was happening, where Jesus was having the interaction with this man, that there was a large herd of pigs feeding nearby. And these demons, they knew that Jesus was about to change everything for this man. And so they asked him, they asked Jesus to not destroy them, but in fact to send them into the pigs. And so Jesus says, okay, Jesus casts the demons out of this man and send him into these pigs. And as soon as these pigs, it says that these pigs just, they just ran down the hill. They just ran off the cliff. They ran into the water and they drowned. And that was, that's the last we hear of what happens to these demons that were possessing this man. So, obviously, when thousands of pigs just kill themselves unexpectedly, people are going to wonder what the heck is going on. And so the crowds and the community of people of the neighboring towns come out to see what is going on. Why do these pigs kill themselves? Who is causing this to happen? And when they, when they came, they saw the man... They saw this man that had a reputation in their community. They saw the man that they tried to chain down. They saw the man who had cut himself. They saw the man who would live among the tombs, who would scream. And it says when they came and they saw Jesus and they saw the man, he was sitting there, that he was dressed, that he was in his right mind. And this caused the community to be afraid. At this, people started pleading with Jesus. They, would, they said things like, Go home. Go to your own people. Leave our region. We can't deal with you. 
their response to the change that Jesus made in this man's life was to ask Jesus to leave. And so Jesus does. Jesus gathers his disciples back up. They head back to probably the very same boat that they had arrived on. And as they're loading up in the boat, the man, the previously demon-possessed man, the man that was finally clothed and in his right mind, he begged Jesus to go with him. You see, this man had a reputation in this community, and Jesus changed everything. And that caused the community of people to be afraid. And this man wanted to continue to go with the person that changed everything for him. But Jesus responds. In verse 19, it says, it says that Jesus said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Imagine that moment. It's huge. Now imagine hearing this story for the first time. Maybe today this was the first time that you heard this story. Maybe you've heard this story multiple times. But imagine you sit with a friend and you talk through this story for the very first time. You read through these verses. You laugh at the absurdity of the demons flying into the pigs and the pigs dying. You feel weird and strange. It makes you uncomfortable the way that it makes me uncomfortable. But imagine how that conversation goes. Imagine you talk about it. See, if you shared this story to a friend who is hearing it for the first time, what do you think their first impressions would be? And what questions would they ask? I'm going to play another song, and I really want you, during this song, to think about that. That if you shared this story for the first time to a friend who is hearing it, for the very first time, what would their first impression be, and what questions would they ask? Now there's so many things going on in this story, so many questions that we can ask. There's hours of pondering and conversation and study that can go into it. We could, we could talk about what the story tells us about demon possession. We could ask, why did Jesus choose to go to this region? Why did the demons have to go into the pigs? Why did the pigs have to die? We could ask why were the locals asking them to leave or what did the locals feel about the situation in the future and the days to come with this man returning back into community with them. We could talk about why didn't Jesus let the healed man come along with him as just to be another disciple. There's so much we could talk about, but I want just to ponder just a small portion of that huge globe of things that we could be talking about. I want us to focus in here for a moment. You see, here was a man who was clearly known to the community that he was a part of. You see, at minimum, this community or this region, uh, they had to know about the torturous past of this man. You see, I don't know if it was just one wild man or or many, but it seems that this is the brand of this region. This is where the demon-possessed hang out. This is where the self-mutilating demon-possessed man hangs out. This is where you hear screams in the distance as the man cuts himself 
This is where you see the man that is so violent that you have to have chains to try to lock him up. In fact, remember, when the community came to Jesus and this man, they were surprised that he was wearing clothes. So this isn't just some demon-possessed man who screams and cuts himself. This is a naked demon-possessed man that screams and cuts himself. This region had a reputation, and that reputation had spread. And there's no doubt that the people, the disciples traveling with Jesus in the boat that day, they knew where they were going. You see, their boat probably had a sail or probably had a rudder. These guys knew what it was like to be in a boat. And when they pulled up here, the gospel indicates that this region was the region that they were aiming for. And I imagine to be a disciple on that day with Jesus, they had to be a little bit on edge. And sure enough, it probably went the way that they hoped it wouldn't. You see this story, they are approached by this man, this conflict between Jesus and the demons happens. Chaos ensues, moments of being very uncomfortable. And now the community, these people that lived in this region, because of the realities of this guy, who he was, his life, they probably felt a level of embarrassment, a level of shame, maybe even a degree of curse or frustration. Remember it says that they tried to subdue him multiple times. They had public meetings about this man. They had the neighborhood watcher, the crime watch, right? Like this was the crazy man they were all texting each other about at 1 a.m. when they heard him screaming in the distance. Now setting aside some of those complexities for a moment, Jesus doesn't seem to freak out by this man. Now it doesn't say what the disciples were doing in this moment, uh, but I, I can say with pretty... Uh, pretty high level of certainty that they were not loving this experience. So Jesus responds to this man and these demons by sending the demons into the pigs that were grazing nearby. And now I want you to think, have the mindset of the hog farmer in this moment. We're going to do some quick math together uh, in a with our modern context of value and currency. So today... It costs about $600 to raise a pig to 275 pounds at market value. Now that'll give you about 130 pounds of meat and extras that can be used, uh, which works out roughly to $4.62 a pound across all of the cuts. So the cost of a ready-to-baconize or ready-to-eat pig would be roughly $1,000 in our modern-day context. Now, Scripture said there was 2,000 pigs in this herd. That means we're looking at $2 million. $2 million in today's currency. Now, imagine if some crazy man was healed and it costed you $2 million. Sit in that for a moment. I, I can't wrap my head around it and I can't get away from it that this community probably had to think in this moment that it would have been much easier if this man would have died than to cost them 
$2 million. So this man was part of a $2 million transaction. Now don't worry, the complexity doesn't end there because these were not Jesus's pigs, these were the community's pigs. You see, Jesus didn't just see the value of this man to him, but Jesus saw the value of this man to his community. Now it's easy to say, wait a minute, this was a crazy man who cut himself, who ran around the town naked, who had to be chained up and would break through those chains. What value could he really have to his community? But remember how Jesus responds to this man as he asks to go with Jesus and the disciples on the boat. Jesus says to this man, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how much he has had mercy on you. Go home and tell you can't come with us on this boat because you have value. You have purpose to the community you come from. So I want us to dialogue. I want us to think about two things here. I'm going to ask a question, play another song. I hope you guys are getting in the rhythm, feeling how this will work. Uh, but I want to ask this question. What are the range of scenarios where a person would be seen as being less valuable or even a liability to a community or family or personal relationship? Take this next song to think through that. You see, in an ideal world, we would all love to think that we see equal value in every person that we see equal value for every person in every circumstance or situation, but our realities and how we live our life show something completely different. In fact, it's very logical to see unequal value, to view some people as more valuable than others in our lives. It keeps us safe. It prevents hurt. It keeps the main people in our lives the main people. Jesus sees this man who is beyond saving. He sees this man living in this region that is known for violence. And he sees the value that this person has, even when the whole community has cast him out, even when the whole community has tried to chain him up, even when the whole community has experienced his wailing and screaming and cutting himself and running around naked and violence. Jesus sees value. So what does that look like? What does it look like for us? I'm going to ask you another question, play another song. We're going to wrap up pretty quickly here. But the next question I want you to think about as the next song plays is what has to happen in a person to see value in others beyond what they rationally deserve. You see, when people invest into us more than we deserve, when they sacrifice more than they have to, when they give more than they expect to receive, it changes, it changes everything. And so I think the greatest example for that in my life is my wife. You see over and over and over again, she has given and gone far above and beyond what I could ever give back to her. She is the best servant. She is the best helper. 
She is the best leader that I know, and I am so thankful. And that relationship has changed everything for me. And so a final question that I want you to ponder as you go on through your week is what has to happen in you in order to see value in others beyond what they rationally deserve? Well, friends, thank you for sticking around. This is the end uh, of our first podcast, our first opportunity to kind of share with you the things that we will be talking about on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. at Corner Coffee. So if you liked it, I would love for you to subscribe, hear future things. The goal is that uh, I'll be putting out segments like this at least once a week, maybe more if it turns into uh, if it turns into anything much. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening. Um, leave comments and stuff. I would love to learn how you process these questions, the way that you think about them. Maybe even some answers that you may have discovered. I think community together is the best way that we can learn. And that's why we do dialogue. Anyways, guys, it's been great hanging out with you today. My name is Greg, and I hope you have a wonderful week.